Hey guys, welcome back to an abundance of knowledge. This is Tiffany here, and I am sitting with Tyler Muka. Is that how you say your last name? Muka, but it's just a it's just a name. <laughs> okay, well, Tyler, I know you as Tyler. I think people know you as a different name, though. Um, very few, but some people know me as Ted. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, because then I kind of thought it was funny when you're like talking on Instagram, and I was like, Ted talks. <laughs> Get it? No, okay. All right. I got mom jokes. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself and, you know, everything you got going on right now. Ugh, I got a lot going on. But um, <laughs> so uh, you and I met uh, at Sunglass Hut um, at the Blum Mall. <laughs> Interesting time of my life. Um, I was definitely getting ready for a very large transitional period of my life. But uh, I grew up in, in Los Angeles, California. Um, mainly around the Gardena area. Um, recently, I moved to Colorado, um, and I'm having a lot of fun out here. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a, some of the things that happened in my life, as descriptive yeah. as I'm getting there. <laughs> no, yeah, we met and you were talking, and I was like, huh. And um, I think a lot of the other employees were introducing us. And you were working, where were you working? You were working at a jewelry store. Still oh, in was I? Okay, so I think you came in yeah, after I had, left Sunglass Hut. Yes, because you had like the gold chain, you had the rings. I was like, okay. I got um, right here. <laughs> uh, no, but you were talking to me more along the lines of like the wisdom that you were gaining, things that you were learning. Um, where did that take you after that, like after we talked? Because I know I wasn't there mentally. Um, I didn't understand a lot of the things that you were saying. And I've told you, uh, I wasn't there yet. So even though there were a lot of things that you had said that I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, it wasn't until I went through certain things later on that I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty deep. You know, like now I can look back on like some of the posts that I saved from you because I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And you know, how most people just like post quotes. So like, Oh, it's cool to save for later. But now that I look at it, I'm like, wow. Okay. I see it now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If the timing is, is exactly what I think it is. Cause, cause I thought that the timing I was working at sunglass up, but I, but I don't think I was, I was working at the jewelry store. So if the timing was actually that, then when I met you, I was, I was already in my transitional period and I Mm -hmm. had just come out of probably one of the most difficult times of my life where, um, it it was really hard. It was, it had a lot to do with, I I was with a partner that was not the right partner for me. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of brokenness and hurt inside of me from that relationship. And I was in this transitional period where I was relearning who I was. I was reclaiming Mm. my own power. I was feeling, I was learning that it's okay to be selfish um, because you have to take care of yourself. A lot of people think of selfish as a bad word and it's not. Mm -hmm. As the old cliche goes, you can't pour from an empty cup. And Mm. um, I was learning, I was not only learning to fill my cup, but I was rebuilding my cup and learning to understand what is this cup made of? How big is this cup? What does this cup need? So I was mm-hmm. in that process. So a lot of the things that I probably was saying at that time had a lot to do with self-love, had a lot to do with self-discovery. Right. 
um, had a lot to do with making hard decisions when you're the kind of person that's so caring that you put everything into somebody else and leave nothing for yourself. Right. No, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't there yet. (laughs) But I appreciate you for still speaking to me when you did because it clicked later on. And um, a lot of people think like, okay, you don't understand. And they just kind of walk away. Uh, My dad was the biggest one that did that. He would speak to me and say things. And in his mind, he's like, I know you're not going to get it right now, but you'll get it later on. And I did. And it's just, it's one of those things that like now I'm looking back and I'm like, man, like going to everyone, like, I appreciate you for trying, you know what I mean? In a sense. Um, What was the transition? If you don't mind me asking. So um, I'm not going to name names, but I was involved in a emotionally abusive relationship right um for quite some time and um the person didn't know that they were abusing me um it's it they weren't an evil person i'll say that much but they they were coming out of a place of insecurity as many of us do and that causes us to do some pretty stupid things myself included um but feeling powerless in that situation um it really just kind of changed who I was, um, who I actually matter of fact, who I was little by little had eroded away. Um, and I think it's important to talk about these kind of things because the more people I talk to, the more people I meet that are in emotionally abusive relationships and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's disgustingly prevalent. And the, and usually the, usually the abusers don't know what's happening because they learned it from most often a parent that was um, narcissistic mm. or uh, had borderline personality disorder. And, you know, when you learn to love from watching a, a, a toxic dynamic, you will typically adopt some of those t- uh, toxic um, traits, those toxic uh, dynamics. Right. So um, that's what I had. That's what was going on. And it took me a very long time. Like my, my, my fa- friends and family, when they would like see me, they're like, you look different. Like you look like your soul has been stolen. <laughs> and and yeah. looking back at pictures of that, it's like, I did look like, I looked like a zombie. I, I would mm-hmm. either be way more underweight than usual, or I'd be more overweight than usual. Um, dark circles under my eyes. And it kind of got to the point where I had started to just kind of uh, adopt the identity that my partner allowed me to have because mm-hmm. me being myself and fighting to be myself kind of, it would create arguments and, and friction that in the end, it was just less painful for me to just, just hide who I was and just be a shell of who I was. So I was avoiding yeah. pain. And um, the transition for me was when I, discovered what was happening and I slowly but surely took action on that. And how I discovered that is um, most people cannot identify that they're in an emotionally abusive relationship because in an emotionally abusive relationship, the number one thing is usually you think that you are the abuser and they are the, they are the victim. That is one of the most common things. Why is that? Um, 
a lot of it, I don't have a perfect uh, a perfect definition of that, but a lot of it is, is victimization. Um, okay. You're, okay. you're made to feel like you're the inconvenience, you're the problem, and the other person is is just so kind and patient that they're willing to deal with your terrible bullshit. <laughs> but okay. Yes. But in reality, it's actually kind of the other way around. Um, I do have and, a question. Yeah, go ahead. You said a lot of times they don't know they're doing it. Do you really believe that most cases they don't? They're not aware. I do. Okay. Because that was something I was really thinking about um, this week, actually, while I was reading the book that you recommended me. Um, a lot of a, a lot of times, I'm like, do people really know? Because I've seen videos where people talk about it, and they're like, they know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. They, they know exactly what they're doing because then they're going to go to somebody else and do the same thing. But I, I personally feel like that sometimes they may not know. I'm, I'm sure that there are people that, that do know what they're doing. Yeah. But I think personally, from what I've seen, that it's the, I feel like the majority of them, they don't, they're, they're kind of oblivious. They're hurting people in a, an oblivious manner. And, um, Everyone that I've talked to that they are victims of um, emotionally abusive relationships, uh, I always end up asking them, you know, once I kind of identify that their partner's like that, I ask them, like, what is it? What are their parents like? And Mm. I'm that the parent ends up being someone that's highly narcissistic or they themselves have very toxic um, borderline personality disorder uh, traits. And the, the kids end up kind of being an echo of it. It's, it's, it's not a pattern that's always there, but it's there enough for me to be like, yeah, people are kind of learning from, from their parents. Matter of fact, I think it's up until the age of seven, we are extremely impressionable where, uh, mostly unconsciously. So most things that we learn from our parents up until the age of seven become unconscious habits uh, for the rest of our lives. And if they're not good habits, then we spend a lot of time and effort on learning those things. And I've seen that in like my child development classes and just, just reading on like the development of your mind. And they kind of talked about it when we were younger, you know, like kids that are exposed to aggression and have a violent parent are going to, oh, like eight out of 10 times, they're going to be aggressive themselves. Mm-hmm. When did you know that that was what you were in though? It was an interesting act of um, pack rat serendipity. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was in high school, I was in a health class and it was a group project that was about emotionally abusive relationships. And I didn't take that seriously. We just, we, we did the project, we did the presentation. I just like to present, but the lesson, I didn't learn it. So stored that project away, totally forgot about it in some box. Who cares? And I, I, I used to hang on to way too many random papers from school. So while I was in this relationship, um, I was looking through like random papers, getting rid of stuff. And I found the project and I just, I read it and there was basically like check marked, like a checkbox to identify if you're in a emotionally abusive relationship. I don't remember what those criteria are now, 
but I was okay. going through that. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's me. Like, wait, that's me too. Wait, that's me too. And I got like almost all of them, if not all of them. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, but at the same time, I was kind of in denial. I'm like, no, like, that, no, yeah. like, right. Um, like, like, um, it's kind of crazy because when you're in that type of relationship, things are either immensely good, like you're in heaven or you're yes. in hell. So it's oh like, my gosh. <laughs> And during that time, I was like, I think we're, we we're doing like really good. So I was like, no, like this girl's like the perfect girl, um, especially mm-hmm. for me. Like she understands me. She loves me. She does everything for me. Like, no, that's not what it is. So um, put the project away, moved on with life. And the next time we went through that low wave, like that reality kind of hit. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe it is. And then like as those highs went up and lows and highs and lows, I started to do like a little bit of research into it. And the more and more I did, I was like, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And the more that I accepted it, the more I was like, I need to do something about it. This isn't okay. And I started to notice the other symptoms in my own health. And little by little, um, I got to the point where I finally did do something about it. It wasn't exactly the same for me. It's kind of the opposite, actually. What happened Um, to you? I was forced out of it. And it actually led me to thinking for a little bit, for a little bit that it was me. So kind of along the lines of what you're saying is the, the situation will make you feel like you are the inconvenience. You are the problem. Um, everything that, you know, the other person was doing was normal. They were tolerating me. They were tolerating my attitude and, and everything that I was lacking. They were okay with it because they loved me, but it was me. And, uh, it was a quick, it was a short-lived moment where I believed that. And then I was forced out of the situation, which is why it made me feel like it was me. But once out of that situation, I was like, wow, like, this is not normal. Something was not right. And same thing, I didn't want to believe it because I still do therapy. So in my individual therapy I had talked about it and brought it up and she is actually the one that brought it to light and said, when you are in an emotionally abusive relationship. And I was like, no, I don't think that's what it, and she's like, okay. So when you are in an emotionally abusive and I was like, no, but I don't think that's what it was. And she's like, okay. So when you're in, like she had to say it three times because she's like, that's what it is. And that's what it does to you. And I'm like, there's no way that that person would have done that to me. Like, they, you know, cared for me. They loved me. And maybe it didn't end as well as we thought it would. But there's no way that he would have done that to me all that time. Are you kidding me? It really is not something that people are aware of. Because had I not gone to therapy, I would not have been aware of it. And I think I told you, I was kind of reading like self-help books. I was reading, you know, how to get into self-love, self-care, take care of myself, because that was something I wasn't into. But n- nothing really clicked because I was like, it, it, I, why do I feel like it's my fault? Like, why do I feel like there's so much unanswered? Not that I needed that person to answer, you know, they talk about closure. I'm fine. Like I can, I can find the closure in myself. I can find the peace within myself. I know who I am. 
I know even more who I am now. So definitely I'm rediscovering myself as well. But when I started to read about the emotional abuse, it really changed a lot. And it was almost like a relief. It was almost like a weight, like, okay, like I'm not crazy. I'm not. And I think in the book that you recommended me, it said, don't worry, you're not crazy. And I was like, oh my God. Like there were moments in this book where I was like crying, like, uh, it's, but it, it just resonates so deeply and it just scares me that it's not known because there's so many people going through it just right now. I think I had some of my friends come to me, talk to me about like relationships they just got out of and they're like, it was toxic. Well, why? And when they explain it, I'm like, nobody understands emotional abuse. They just Mm -hmm. think like, Oh, this person's shit. (laughs) And that's it. And the name of the book is perfect because it's just, it's the feeling that you have when you're in that, that type of dynamic, the um, yeah. stop walking on eggshells. So if anyone's listening to this and you, in your, in your relationship, you feel like you're walking on eggshells and you have to be careful <laughs> or else you're going to, or some, or, or there's going to be a mind that goes off. Um, you might be in an emotionally abusive relationship. When we think about things like when we think about the character of like someone that's emotionally abusive, what do we know? What do we normally think about? We think about a sociopath, a really evil mm-hmm. person that that's, um, deliberately trying to manipulate you and hurt you. And that can yeah. be the situation, but it's not that obvious. Matter of I fact, think we it, think it, like Ted Bundy, you know, if he's not yeah. killing anybody, then it's okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's more like, I think the reason you feel like you're the problem is because this person, they, they're showing that they're vulnerable. They have insecurities. They're being honest yes. about that. Um, but what ends up happening is that, they end up making it whether they purposely want to or not is that you're kind of this unaware clumsy person that keeps doing things that are hurting them because right. they're so fragile um or or yes. or in some form or way that that you're you're just unaware and belligerent and just you're you're stepping on their feelings very um disrespectfully and they, and it's not, a, it's not like a cloak and dagger kind of thing where they're trying to trick you into thinking that like, that's, that's how they feel. You know, they have a real insecurity and they right. do need someone to be delicate with it because they need that reassurance. Um, but it's expressed in a way where you're the problem. It's not like there, there, there isn't direct ownership. And it also depends mm-hmm. on if they have narcissism, if they have, um, borderline personality disorder, or if they have both, which is actually very common too, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it, it doesn't fit the normal character of what we think about because this is someone that seems fragile. They seem like you need to take care of them and you're just yeah. not doing a good enough job. And matter of fact, you're doing such a horrible job that you're hurting them more and they're, but they, they love you so much that they're willing to accept you. Right. And I, I definitely think the title was like, oh my gosh, when you told me the title, I was like, you're kidding. Because I used to say that. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells, you know, and it's a terrible feeling. Like definitely couldn't be myself to the fullest because it just, it wasn't fitting the situation well enough. It was better for me to 
direct myself in this way, show myself in this way, do this, you know, kind of act in a completely different way than I was. And I thought, maybe it's just me changing. But deep down, it was me changing to fit the relationship so that I could continue to avoid hurting their feelings and continue walking on eggshells. And it's really hard to see when you are in. I think it's really, it's a really interesting, unique situation that you and I have here because we've both gone through something similar. Um, I went through it a lot longer, uh, longer ago than you would have. So I'm kind of going, I'm a little bit further in the recovery process. I'm right. not like, I wouldn't say I am like fully recovered and I'm perfect right. again, but it's a I mean, never I'm, ending process. I'm, I'm further in the process. So it's a little bit more fresh for you. So when it comes to identifying if you're in a potentially abusive relationship, we've kind of gone over that a little bit. So yeah, you're a little bit more fresh to, to the recovery. What is it like, um, kind of having to relearn yourself for you? What does it mean to be Tiffany? Yeah. What does it mean to be me? That's the big, that's a, that's the big question. Um, so I kind of talked about it on like, first episode with my cousin coming back to LA immediately after leaving San Diego it just felt so much better and I couldn't figure out why I almost felt guilty that I felt better I did and I said that for a while I feel guilty that I actually am letting this go like because to me you know when I love someone I love someone that's point blank I don't have to be in love with you to love you Um, I still care, you know, I still, of course, have my concerns, but it's my turn. Time to focus on me now. Um, self-love, self-care. Oh, I was never doing that. Never. I was, I was, I was a people pleaser. I was pouring from an empty cup and it took me that situation to realize that I don't even know who I am. I don't know what I like. I know who I am to an extent. Um, I don't give myself the love and care that I should have. Rediscovering myself, it's been up and down. It's, it's not a, a straight up positive, you know, like the curve doesn't go all the way up. And it's it's up and down. There are days, you know, and I coming back tried to be a little more vulnerable about that because I know that when people go through processes like that you don't want people to see the ugly like you don't want anyone to see you cry you don't want anyone to see you having a bad day when when do we post on social media when we're having a good day you know what I mean like commonly nobody talks about it and that to me was really big because Whenever I would have a bad day, I felt like I was crazy. I felt like I didn't, I'm losing my mind because I'm having a bad day. Everybody's having such a good day. Why am I here? Why am I stuck in this place? But that's when I started making those videos and posting them and TikTok. And my brother jokes with me like, you hated TikTok. But I found it as a way to bring something to light that maybe, I, I see a lot of people doing it actually on TikTok which is very, I love it. 
Um, and that's really why I'm on TikTok because I love seeing other people in their perspective and kind of telling, you know, like, it's, it's okay to not have a day talking about the emotional abuse. Um, but for me, the people that follow me and the people I follow, nobody was ever being that vulnerable to say, I'm not having a good day. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's one or two, there was you, there was my uncle, but I just felt like it was something I should continue on because I can't tell you the amount of days where I would see, you know, you post an inspirational video and talk about like, you know, your day, your moves, uh, what you're learning. And my uncle would post the video and he was in a bumpy road. He was up and down. And, but to hear him say, you know what, it's okay. We got to get up. We got to, it's always, let's do it. And I felt like I had to share that. I had to put that out there. My days coming back, gosh, the first, I remember the first two weeks, it was like, time was just going, 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 because I was like, oh, I got to get a job. I got to do this. I got to do this. The second week was really big for me because I had to slow down. I stopped myself because I'm like, okay, I'm doing too much. I'm ignoring my mental health. I'm ignoring that time that I need to be taking for myself. That second week, I started to date myself. I started to take myself to the coffee shop, sit there with a book, or even just by myself with my thoughts, checking in, making sure I'm good. Honestly, I felt guilty then too, because it had only been two weeks since I moved back. And I felt like I was on top of the world. I felt like, wow, this is what I've been missing. Now, I don't feel guilty. I, I feel like slowly, I have days though still. I have days where I'm still like, sucks. But I have more days, more good days than bad days now than I did before. Because before they used to be even. Now it's like 90% good days, 10% bad days. But it's because I continue to check in with myself. What did you do throughout your process that really benefited you? Um, I banged my head against the wall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well... So I'll start off from when I was kind of um, a little bit newer to that that freedom and release, and I'll kind of bring it into where I am now. Okay. But um, for me, I I it wasn't like, hey, I figured out the secret and this is how you do it. Like, no, I just mm -hmm. I just tried to move forward even if it was not in the right direction. <laughs> so okay. Um, one thing, for example, like getting free, you know, feeling that guilt, um, feeling like, hey, I'm like, cause you kind of feel guilty for it because you're kind of made, you kind of feel like you're unworthy of happiness in a way where it's kind of like, like, you know, you are, but at the same time, you're like, do I really deserve this? <laughs> yeah. But, um, what I noticed is that there was a lot of, there was a lot of stupid things that I did. Like I went out and got like a, this is from 2018. So I got a 2018 car. I got a bunch of nice mm -hmm. jewelry, like all this stuff. And I, I got big headed. I was, I was trying to assure myself that I was that I was valuable and I was worth something. Um, so I was, I was using materialistic things to prove my own worth to myself, which is mm -hmm. not, a, which is not the right direction, but I was moving forward anyways. Um, and what I found is I was doing a lot of things that were great for me. I was going out, you know, I was dating myself, 
But at the same time, I was developing some bad habits, which were a result of me not releasing and, and processing my pain. And I was finding that it was creating both inner depression and inner anger. Um, so like there, there are some, it was causing a lot of stress. So I was releasing the, I, this inner anger and inner depression was coming out in bad ways. Like one of my rules for life that I have is live by bigger mornings and smaller nights. Um, and the reason I have that is because I developed a habit where, um, the later I was up at night that my habits would have to do more with spending lots of money, um, trying to pick up women and have uh, attempting to have like one night stands, which I was never successful in that. Cause oh my gosh. <laughs> um, that, and like drinking, you know, like, I was trying to be a player, which is actually how I learned that I'm not a player, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I was, I was falling into these habits of like, I knew I was doing these things because I wanted to feel acceptance. I wanted to feel desired. I wanted to feel like someone had attraction and, 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 and something for me. So my rule came about because I learned that the, the nighttime Tyler was not a good Tyler. Um, and the, but the morning Tyler was always working on personal development, time management, different things like that. So I was mm. like, okay, let's not let nighttime Tyler exist. Let's just have nighttime Tyler be sleeping Tyler. <laughs> and I was waking wow. up at like four in the morning every single day and just starting wow. then. All right. I don't know about four in the morning, <laughs> but I mean, I've kind of done the same thing. I get up at like eight, nine, which I never used to get out of bed before mm-hmm. one. Okay. Hey, well, we, we, we're not always on, on the same, um, um, I know. Always the same chronotype, but okay. So, um, moving forward in any direction that that's all that mattered as long as I was moving forward mm-hmm. and I could just clean up my own pieces on the way there. So that's what I mean by ramming my head against the wall. Also, it wasn't just learning who I was, but it was learning who I wasn't. Um, there was a lot of things that I wasn't oh, wow. sure if, if it was really me or if it was some type of good or bad habit that I had learned from that relationship. Um, like I, I thought that I was now introverted, which I am not introverted. Um, so I kind of thought you thought you were introverted. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I kind of became a little introverted. Um, I would get social anxiety. Um, yeah, I would get social anxiety. Like I, I felt anxiety with hanging out with friends because that's how I felt in that relationship. Um, and then the other thing, and I just talked to somebody about this is something called impending joy. Have you heard that term before? No. Impending joy is kind of like, um, it's when things are going so well, it feels like it's going to go bad. Like for Uh, example, if you're watching a movie and it's like this really happy family all in the car, they're singing carols, having a bunch of fun things happen. The, The dad even just won the lottery. What, what does your mind automatically think is about to happen to those people? In that Something's going to happen next. Yeah. Something yeah, bad is going to happen next. It's too good. Something bad's going to happen. So that's called impending joy. And um, I, I have a notebook so I can write down <laughs> everything. And, Cause you said some stuff last time. I was like, Oh, I should have wrote it down. <laughs> so <laughs> impending joy is something that almost all humans naturally have. But I was noted. I, after I was talking to someone about it recently, I was noticing that I had that a lot. Um, when mm-hmm. things are starting to go really well, I, I felt guilty about them going well. I'm like, that means something bad's going to happen, which isn't true. Um, but it was something I went through. So that was kind of what I was going through closer to the beginning of, of that healing process. Um, it was just really dis- 
just trying to move forward, crawling forward through through the mud of 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 what my what my internal life had become, and just trying to get back up on my feet of who I was and who I wasn't, and so on and so forth. Um, personal development helped so much with that, so much. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. like um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is probably one of my my like that was like my personal development Bible, <laughs> wow. and that one that one helped me out a lot. So fast forwarding to um, to a little bit sooner, probably within the last two years or so, living in Colorado, started to kind of date a little bit. And that was hard. That was freaking hard because number one, I kind of forgot how to date. (laughs) (laughs) And um, number two is like, when I finally found someone that things were starting to get serious, I would have like a PTSD moment and pull back. Like I would be Mm. seeing red flags everywhere. Like that's a bad pattern. That's a bad pattern. Some of them were red flags, but some of them were like, yellow flags and orange flags that to me were just like bright red. And I'm like, no, no, no. And it just is scary. And even when I was kind of like starting to get serious with someone and kind of letting myself do that, um, deep insecurities were coming out that I didn't know were there. Insecurity, like one large insecurity that I have, and I'll be vulnerable about this, um, is my value and worth as a partner, how I perform as a partner. Um, an insecurity that I have is that I am not a good boyfriend. I am a shit boyfriend and I don't, and I have to try really hard just to be slightly under mediocre. And it's, and, and there's some other insecurities related to that, but I feel like I am unworthy as a boyfriend, as, as a partner. And that I'm just kind of wasting people's time by getting them to fall for me. (laughs) So have you ever like looked into distortions? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I am aware that it is a distorted view, mm-hmm. but even with that, it's still like, it's a wound, but just cause you know, a wound isn't there doesn't mean it heals overnight. <laughs> so I have been working on that and okay. identifying it is great. Um, so that was one of the things I was dealing with a lot. Um, and I was just running away from relationships a lot too. Um, mm. and then fast forwarding now to, to recently, I I'm actually, huge win huge milestone i'm actually in a relationship for the first time now in three years um she she is such a (laughs) sweetheart i love her so much she's great and um and she's she's really reassuring too like when i start to have that insecurity like i'm just honest about it and like she she tells me how it is you know and um and i'm apparently (laughs) the the best boyfriend she's had but she's dated Mm. some some not so great people (laughs) that happens so so that that lowers the bar for me (laughs) (laughs) no but um that's great it's it's really great we we haven't been together very long so far but it's been it's been great and i don't see like i'm not having that reflex of like red flag red flag because it's just things just feel very aligned so that's a huge milestone for me. I'm confronting a lot of, I'm confronting and finally healing certain insecurities mm-hmm. that cannot be healed unless you're actually in another relationship. So that's been really, really great. Hmm. Ah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that either. He, yeah, because you can't see it on your own. Mm-hmm. Ah, hmm. No, that's great. Uh, that's really good. That's, I mean, that's a big step. Have you, yeah. um, are, have you discovered any 
coping mechanisms that you're having that are not healthy for you, but you're doing them anyways, um, that might be a result of, of unhealed and unreleased pain. Am I recognizing them? Definitely. Um, there are things. There are... I will say, I am very open about this, and I've had my conversations with her, so she knows, as well as other people. It's, it's. I think one of the things is me not letting go of things. Um, still working on it. <sighs> Coping mechanism, other than that, not so much. I used to be... Um, and I wanted to get into it in another episode, but I can kind of say it now. I was a big drinker. Um, it was a big problem. I can't even tell you how big of a problem it was. Uh, everyone was concerned. My family was concerned. Uh, the relationship I was in, he was concerned. He was upset, uh, which was a different kind of, you know, like it, it got to a level it didn't need to um, in the relationship. Because my drinking actually calmed down while in the relationship. It was worse before. I liked to drink. And it wasn't as bad as I could not function unless I was drinking. It was more I was trying to cover up a lot of what I didn't want to deal with, with drinking. And honestly, I, I haven't really drank since I move back to LA it's been like a handful of times that I've just had a drink or two um honestly I won't even go beyond two drinks because I don't even like it anymore because I've found it, it just it feels so good to actually sit with my mind now my mind used to be so hectic and I said it before my mind was hell I did not want to sit in silence with my mind because there was too much going on. I started meditating. I started therapy. And I started, I started finding better ways, not just to cope, but actually confront problems and deal with them. One of the things I do now is I go sit with myself at a new place because I love to, I, I'm a big yelper. I love to find new places. I love to understand what the places are about. I went to this coffee shop in Echo Park and it's a black owned um, business. And the message behind the coffee shop, it was called uh, Bloom and Plume. The message behind it, if you could read into it, it's, it's very powerful. It's very deep. So things like that, things I used to do, getting back into that, that free spirit that I used to have. The only thing I'll probably say that I still do and I'm working on are my down days. I still let myself sit in that dark place. Uh, not as much anymore because a lot of times when I get to that point, I'll, you know, come on, what are you doing? Like, like look at where we're at. Look at what we've done. You know, look at, look at who you are. Like, what are you doing? Why are you thinking this? Why are you looking at yourself like you're such a terrible person why are you acting like you you really don't do anything and like you, you can't accomplish anything look at what we've accomplished you know and I used to say like I, I don't have a degree like I just went back to school to finish 
don't have a degree. Everybody else is out here with their degree. They have families, they have kids, they're married. Who cares? You know, so my mindset, I want to say, is still, I'm still working on it. But other than that, no, I couldn't. Like, I couldn't do things the way that I used to do things. I used to come back. I used to drink. I used to try to find new relationships, new people. Right now, I, I, I don't, there's so much that I want to do with myself before, you know, I jump into something or there's so much. There, my mind is so powerful that I don't want to cloud it with alcohol anymore. I don't, I like, I don't like it. And, you know, my friends still drink. Cool. You know, go ahead and enjoy your drinks. I'm not saying it's a terrible thing just for me and the way my mind works. Now that I can see things so much clearly, I, I'm, I get up early in the morning, make so much progress in every single day. Even like the one day off I'll have, I still am like doing things to get things done. Of course, I have my downtime. But I, I'm on such a roll that I don't need anything to trip me up right now. I don't want anything to stop me. I feel, God, Tyler, I have never felt this powerful just as being me. And I think once you can really step into that, every single door opens up. I can't even like the feeling. Yes, it's freeing. Definitely. I can't, like, I can't, I can't go back to that person that feels like they're always a victim and I'm weak and, and, and I'm hurt. And I'm hard on myself. So I'm like, everybody's hurt. What are you going to do about it, though? Mm -hmm. The type of energy that you have, I can tell that um, you're like me. You have so much love to give. So much. You have all the <laughs> love to give. You want, and you want to give all the love at the same time. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's kind of like after going through something like that, you, you might meet somebody really, really great. And it's like, yeah, I'd love to love you, but you might hurt me really bad. And I'm not, yeah. never mind. I'm going to love myself. Goodbye. <laughs> or I might hurt you because I don't have the capacity right now. I'm so driven with myself. There's so, there, it's, it's, it feels like it's bigger than me right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's me that powers that. And yeah, I feel like I would hurt somebody right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that too. Cause like that was another obstacle for me getting to relationship is like, I like, it, it was that self power, but at the same time for me, it's also that like, I don't know everywhere that I'm hurt yet. And I don't know if some of those hurt areas are going to hurt you. And yeah. I don't know if I have adopted any of those, um, those traits, those, those, um, I was afraid to find out that I had habitually adopted some of those um, emotionally abusive, abusive habits from that dynamic. So, and I was like afraid to find mm. out, like I was afraid to try to love someone and, and it turns out I'm now like emotionally manipulating them and I don't mean to, but it's just a learned thing. That was yeah. terrifying for me. It's like, I want to love someone, but I want to love them right. Right. I don't know. I just, I want to love myself right now. Like being... No, definitely being in an emotional, emotionally abusive relationship. It's draining. Oh, yeah. It's draining. And I like, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate you for this book, because I think I've said something about, you know, the person 
just seems like they never understand you and they're not going to understand you. And it's to the point where you're looking like, are they even capable or care to understand me? It was a lot of things that, man, like <laughs> my mind was blown. And I really felt like, okay, I, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. This One happened. important disclaimer I will say for anyone who's listening to this and feels that they are in a, an emotionally abusive relationship with someone that is either narcissistic, has a borderline personality disorder, both. An important disclaimer is that just because you think that they do does not mean you should talk to them about it. Because yes. if they have that, then what's going to happen is that you bringing it up will trigger them and they are going to accuse you of being the actual person with the disorder and they will start building a case for it. If you feel that you're someone that is in that type of situation, my best recommendation is to just get the book. Just get the book. They have great suggestions in there. They have things that are going to help you. Um, mm -hmm. Because if that person you're with does indeed have those, those um, disorders, talking to them about it is probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah, and I like that it's more about like, it's for you. You know what I mean? It's not for you to learn how to control them or learn just it, it's it's for you and how you can progress with yourself in that situation. Um, no, but it, it and it's funny that you talk about triggers because it said something about triggers too. It said just because you trigger that response or that emotion that they have it is not your fault the trigger is something that I used to blame myself I'm like I know that triggered them but the actual problem is not your fault the trigger yes you can go around and say I don't want to do this because I know it's going to upset them I don't want to say this because I know this little word is a trigger for them it literally is like a flip of a switch mm -hmm. um but the actual root of the problem is not your fault. So yes, you can walk on eggshells and tiptoe around and say, I don't want to trigger you. And I'm not going to do this because it triggers you. It just, it, it blew my mind. I can't even tell you. I, it's a weird feeling to come out of something like that. And then to be able to see that I am really not by myself. Yeah. You are not alone. You are so severely not alone. And that's both a good thing and a very sad thing. <laughs> There's so many yeah. people that are going through this. But I really hope that anyone that is listening to this, um, that feels they're in that situation, gets the help that they need because it's, it's worth it. Especially when you're in that relationship because of that heaven and hell dynamic, it's like you almost feel like you don't want to lose that because it's almost like, the heaven version of that you feel like the heaven version of them is the real them but the hell version of them is yeah. just this part of them that they're suffering in and you have to help them out of it so that's kind of how right. i felt like like she was this a really great amazing person but those really bad times just a little temporary little blip and they'll, they'll get out of it but the real yeah. them is that 100 percent great heavenly goddess version of them and the truth is that it's both you know it, it is both it's, yes. it's it's everything um but you just kind of feel like if you leave them for for the bad, then you're just discounting all the good and you're not appreciating all the good. And um, 
yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really weird dynamic. Um, yeah, it's a really weird dynamic, especially if you're in some situations, um, some, some dynamics are positioned in a way where you're made to feel that if you leave them, you're putting their life in danger because they are self-harming or something of that sort. Not, not, that's not yeah. all situations, but, um, that is one situation I, I, I have been made aware of. Some people will make you feel like if you leave them, then they're, that they're going to be in such despair that they're going to hurt themselves and it's going to be your fault. Yeah. The other thing that I, when I was reading, I used to always feel like he would either see me as really, really good or really, really bad. Do you know what I mean? So I was either the, the best influence and encouraging me to be the absolute best because you are the absolute best. Giving me that, and that's that. I depended on that to validate my worth. I depended on, you know, their mood to validate how worthy I am just to, to be in this world. Like, I, okay, he, he's happy, he's encouraging me, he's praising me, I must be the best. And then all of a sudden, completely tearing you down, completely making you feel like you're not worth anything. And it was that part that I read that said, they see you in only black and white. There's no gray area. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. And it hurts. I didn't think about, I wasn't even thinking about that right now. That, that just entered my awareness of, of some memories that I have. You know what I mean? But the black and white thing was really personal to me because I was suffering with my anxiety, depression and, and the black and white along with, you don't know what their mood is going to be. So like coming home, I don't know if I'm going to be like greeted with excitement or greeted with like a, you know, like I don't know how they're going to feel. And that gives me so much anxiety is the anticipation of what am I going to put up with today? Something I used to do. And, uh, if, if the, if the person that I was with hears this podcast, they're at this point, they're probably just going to laugh about this. Cause we actually have a pretty good relationship <laughs> now. We've, we've done a lot of healing. Good. So, um, there was something that I did lie to her about constantly and it wasn't like cheating or anything like that. But, um, when I would come home, when I'd leave the the, uh, the store and I drive home, I, I oftentimes would have a lot of traffic. That's just how LA is. But sometimes mm-hmm. there wasn't traffic, so I would end up getting home exactly on time. But because there was usually traffic and it usually ended up taking me an extra thirty minutes, um, I would get home. I would park down the street, which is there. That's where the parking was. Park down the street. Then I would text her saying, "Okay, I'm leaving work now." <laughs> so. And, and wow. the reason the reason I would do that was just wasn't because you know a, a, a lot of people would think like oh you're 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 lying about how when you're when you're gonna come home so you can go see a girl or something no I just I wanted to sit yeah. in my car in silence that's just what I wanted to do yeah. I just wanted to sit in my car in total silence so I, like I would tell her I'm on my way home while I'm already home basically and then I'd let a certain amount of time pass and be like oh traffic's bad. And then I'd let a certain amount of time pass again saying, okay, I'm trying to find a parking spot. Parking was, was actually always hard to find. So then like I would give myself like 30 minutes to 45 minutes of just time to actually emotionally prepare myself to go into that house, just mm. to emotionally prepare myself to go into that house because uh, there was no safe place for me. Actually work was stressful, 
but that but that stress was safe. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were times where, and I started doing that because there were times where, um, all day she would be texting me like, "Oh, I miss you. I love you. This and that," and she meant it. Um, mm-hmm. and then I'd come home like I'm excited, like let's you know let's let's cuddle, let's do this stuff, right. let's be cute, and um, I'd get Maybe in like I'm like hey, and then she'd be quiet, I'm like. I'm here. <laughs> and she's like, right. and then she wouldn't say anything to me. She'd be on her phone. I'm like, she, she's not ignoring me. Like she missed me. Like she's in a good mood. So I'm like, like, you okay? And she'd be like, can you just shut up? Like, can you just stop effing speaking right now? Like you're being so annoying. And I was like, whoa, where did this come from? And right. the whole night she just like pissed off at me. Um, and couldn't really tell me why. Um, I think later on she's saying like, you know, it's like, you just, you took too long to come home. And like, that was even on days where I got home exactly on time. And I think it's just that buildup of like missing me, missing me, missing me, missing me. And then it becomes frustrating. Mm. And so I would be excited to come home like, yeah. And then we'd fight till three in the morning. And then mm. I have, and, then I, and I wake, I was waking up at five at that time. So <laughs> it was crazy and, 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 and difficult. Um, it, it was very difficult. And that's why I started doing that. That's why I started just like sitting in my car. I'm like, you know what? If she's going to be mad at me for being late, I may as well be late. But like emotionally prepare myself to go in there and give myself a break. Um, and it was worth it to me. Even if, even if, if she listened to this and was mad at me for it now, like I don't regret that because I needed that. I needed that so bad or else I would have lost my mind even more than I had already done. Um, yeah. If I just went straight from stress into that stress at the same time. Yes. Yeah. No, I did. There were days that I did the same thing. Um, but I had, I didn't have the privilege of, you know, the, the time and at not actually knowing where I was. He knew where I was. He had my location. Um, so if I was there, you know, why are you here, but not here? It's, it's really heavy. I don't. And, and that's why, this is something I took on very deeply because that feeling, that anticipation, the constant stress that you are under every day, walking on those eggshells. I, I don't wish that on anyone that that can really, I mean, people get PTSD from it. Like yeah. it's, it's serious. Yeah, I definitely but have that. <laughs> I just feel like it's so, it's so normal now. And I, I reposted a video that said something like that. Like, all this is normal. This toxicity is normal. The, the cheating, the, like, we've made it normal. And we excuse it. Yes and no. Here's why I say that. Because I felt that way before. It, it felt like it was normal, felt like it was everywhere, felt like it was super prevalent. Yes. Um, just like, like I grew up in poverty too. So I felt like poverty was super prevalent. Like nobody yeah. has a handle on anything. Um, the, this, this imaginary med- middle class where people actually make ends meet without stress doesn't exist mm. un- until I, until I moved somewhere else. I moved to Colorado and you know, there is still poverty here, but like in my circle now, I'm around people that they make ends meet and they don't stress about it. And they, they have, you know, things like this. And I'm, I'm meeting people that are in healthy relationships that have never been in an abusive relationship and they're everywhere. And 
it, it's, it's kind of a, it's a perceptive thing. Kind of like when I was living in, in um, here's the biggest example. When I was living in Los Angeles, I, it's, it's, a, it's a Democrat's paradise practically. It's all Democrats. And yeah. who's, the, who's the evil devil worshipers? It's Republicans. That's yeah. how I saw things. And then I moved to Colorado. And there's a lot more Republic. There's a lot of Republicans here. I was like surrounded by Republicans. And I assumed that meant I was going to be around people that are like super racist and yes. this, that, you know, Mexicans, this, you know, blacks, that. And that's what I was expecting. But it wasn't like that at all. They were, they were 100% exactly as compassionate, caring, giving as how I saw Democrats. But because I was around them, the way that they saw Democrats was they were the worshiping devil, devil mm. worshiping, horrible people that are greedy. Matter of fact, every single stereotype that you can think of for Republican is how a lot of Republicans see Democrats. Wow. It's the most ridiculous thing because Republicans and Democrats want the same damn things, but they Pretty just much. want to get them different ways. Yes. So it, it really is this us, them mentality and being around a different a group of people made me realize it's, it's your, it's your environment. It's who you're in. It really yeah. paints your perception of what the world consists of. So same thing. Once I got around more people that were actually in healthy relationships, I realized that healthy relationships are actually super common. I thought it was like one in a million, like only one in a million couples was actually happy. <laughs> That's how it felt. Yeah. That's how it feels. <laughs> and even they're fake. And you just say something about like, <laughs> you said something about like the energy we attract. Mm -hmm. yeah, I forget how you explained it. You talked about there were things that you said you were learning to, well, manifestation, yes. But it had something to do with your personality. Well, what I will say is that we we do attract into our lives, whether someone believes in manifestation or not, we do attract into our lives um, what what we're focusing on. Um, for example, matter of fact, a really literal example is that if you, which you shouldn't do, but if you're drunk driving and there and you are, and, and you are on the freeway and there's a car pulled over to the side, you are not supposed to even look at that car because if you do, you will not, even if you're thinking, I will not hit that car, will not hit that car. You will naturally start to yes. drive towards that car. That's a, that's on a literal example. Um, but the same thing happens with just about everything in life. Um, one thing that I had thought was that after my relationship with my partner that was that I went through that experience with is I had a very um, cynical view of love. Like I was like, I don't want love because love hurts and it's pain. And I thought that that's where that started. I really did. I was like, you know, I was really happy and loving before, but it wasn't until then. And I found out recently that wasn't true. Not at all. Um, I found out because Facebook memories wanted to show, share something with me. So I shared a memory, those. right? Those are just shared, so great. I shared a memory um, from, from a year and it was a post that I made that was in Hindi. And I'm like, I don't know Hindi. Like what the heck? Like I can't write in Hindi. So I knew I was trying to be cryptic. So I took it through to the translator and it said, I don't want love. Love is pain. I don't need love. Um, hmm. and that was literally just a few months before I started the relationship with that partner, just a few months. So hmm. because I was thinking that, and I was, my energy was pushing that message out. 
what did I get? I got love that was going to bring me pain. Wow. And 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 I just realized this in January of this year is when I discovered this. Wow. And there were a lot of, there were like, I think, um, there were a few girls I was talking to cause I was like dating. Um, and, um, none of them were serious, like actually serious yet at that time. It was just kind of little dating. And I thought, started thinking to myself, am I still coming from that? Am I still like, am I still pulling from that pain of, of how I feel love is? And I realized I was, I totally was. So I started trying to change that instead of like having that feeling of like, yeah, I, I would love to get into a relationship, but it's probably going to end up being shit. As soon as I kind of stopped thinking about that and I started really thinking more about like, what do I want it to be? Not what am I afraid of it being? What do I actually want it to be? Then one by one, all of the girls I was talking to just by pure coincidences started dropping out of my life for whatever reason. Mm. And it wasn't all the same reason. Just one person did this. One person ended up needing to do that. One person got into a relationship. It just coincidences. And then right soon after that, I ended up meeting, um, I ended up meeting the girl that I'm with now very quickly. And I didn't have any of the same, um, fear that was making me go super slow with the other girls. Like it just was like, it wow. felt perfect. Like we're like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> but my wow. point is, is that we, what we focus on, it, it will become our reality. So yes, that's, that's why my biggest, my only task right now really is just that is being more mindful of myself. And I have still been slipping up every now and then, but I'm not going to be perfect right off the bat. Um, But it's more so coming back to LA. Like I said, I can't go back into those old habits. So I can't change people. And it goes for relationships, yes. But it also goes for friendships. It goes for family relationships. I am attracting what I don't want because it's in me and it starts with me. And I started to do that. I started to work on myself. Certain people that weren't agreeing with the way I was now have fell out. That's okay. Because that wasn't the energy I wanted around anyways. Um, And then it's also amazing to me that where I am now the people that I have been attracting. So people that I knew growing up, but now like our minds are kind of in the same place. So I can talk to you now (laughs) and understand a lot of what you're, you're explaining and talking about. Same thing goes for people that I I grew up with. I didn't know. I always felt like I was the, I was alone and now opening up and, and sharing myself, sharing my story the way I do on Instagram. People have been, I've been attracting the people that, are really where I am in that place with, with self-care, self-love, the energy that they're putting out, the, you know, manifestation and everything. And it's so crazy how everything aligns that way. There's a, um, there's a phrase, uh, I don't remember where I got it from, but it just resonated with me so well. I think you're going to like this one. I don't know if I've told you before, <laughs> but the, the phrase or the quote is, we don't get what we want. We get who we are. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Let me write that down. <laughs> you know what's funny is no, like you, for sure. when, when you approached me for this, you're like talking to me like I'm like some wise sage, and I do not feel that way about myself. <laughs> like yeah, for me, I mean, like, but we all are. You know, we're all <laughs> knowledgeable yeah, I, within ourselves. Like I was literally just like, 
like the things that I was posting up at time that time, and I don't think I've really posted almost anything up for like months. But the things yeah, I was lately, I'm waiting just, on it. <laughs> they were just lessons that I was learning right then and there. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh crap, <laughs> and mm. I was just talking about it. You said it too. Like it's usually just me talking to myself, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's exactly what mine are. They are me encouraging myself, me telling myself it's okay. It's okay to not be okay, but just out there and everybody else can see it. That's not easy to do either. Um, yeah. It's not. And you mentioned about social media um, being a highlight reel. It's, it's only the good times. It's none of the people don't typically post like, Hey guys, I'm having a horrible day today. I want to tell you about yeah. it. Um, so a lot of times when I was posting that too, it was like, a lot of people were starting to get this idea of me that I was just this happy guy all the time. Go, go, go. Um, and I didn't like that because that's not who I am. And I, and I try okay. to resonate with the most truest version of myself. So when I would post those things up, like I would, I wanted to like what you're doing, talk a little bit about my pain. Like, Hey, look, I'm going through some struggle, but yeah. here's how I'm, here's how I'm approaching it because I didn't want to seem like I was, I didn't want to try to even seem like I was some person that has it all together. Not. Right. Um, but I did want to clearly outline that I am the person that will have it together because I'm going through this process. I'm willing to make mistakes. I'm willing to, as, as Steve Jobs would say, fail forward. Um, just mm. so that I, and like, and heal when I fall, um, and keep moving forward. And you keep doing that. You're, you're going to get somewhere. Mm. Well, you're somewhere. You're definitely you're, and I'm happy for you and all the progress you've made. You look happy. I mean, now you look a lot better. You sound stronger, and of course, it's a never-ending journey. But I'm excited for you. Congrats I'm too. Like <laughs> you're you're in you're in the part right now that it's there's a lot of turmoil, but there's a lot of learning. And there's a lot yeah. of stripping down of who, who trying to figure out who you are and who you're not, who, right. who based on like who you were made to be, <laughs> yeah. you were allowed to be. And it, it's, um, it's a, it's a time of turmoil, but it's, it's uh, such an important part. And yeah. you have a, you, you, you got a handle on the process sooner than I did. I was leaning into my, my pain and, and those bad habits for a lot longer of a time before I really started, like, before I got fed up with my own shit, I was mm-hmm. like, can't do this anymore. Like for me, when I would start to get into those, like you talked about down days for me, it was more down moments within the day. And that was usually like late at night. Once, uh, Ooh. like 10, 10 30. And after that, I was like, yes. I'm lonely. I want to be around people. I want to drink. So I just go to a bar, little dive bar and hoping to strike up a conversation with someone random while I'm getting mm. drunk. And sometimes that would happen, but other times it's just an empty dive bar. And I just ended up just sitting there alone drinking. Like I really wish someone else would come in and talk to me, but uh, nobody is freaking here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Which yeah. made things worse. I mean, but it worked out for you. You know, everyone mm-hmm. has their different path. And obviously everything that happened with you got you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. happier, healthier, I hope. Our uh, our worst days are often our best lessons. Yes. Very, very true. I don't regret anything. There are things I'm like, okay, learn from that. I don't want it to happen again, but I don't mm-hmm. regret it. 
I don't regret the knowledge that I'm given from those dark days, those down days, um, for sure. But and it's, a, it's a process. There may come a time in, in your healing process or anyone else that, that, that may be going through something like this, there may come a time where you will actually be able to communicate with, with your abuser and, and get some closure. You're making that face. And I, and I know I made that face too. Um, <laughs> not there yet. I was, I was, it, well, it took me three years. Um, and, and I finally was able to do that. Um, I think in December of, uh, 2020 wow. and a, co- a coach of mine challenged me to it, uh, because he went through, um, a similar situation that was much worse than what I went through. Like he, he went to the hospital a few times for stab wounds. Wow. Like mine never got close to that. So, right. um, it was crazy. And, um, so he, he was the one that recommended me the book, but he also challenged me. Um, he asked me, you know, who's the person that you have the most strained relationship in your life is your mom is your dad. And it's like, no, it's my, my ex. Um, and I told him about the situation. He's like, okay, I'm going to challenge you then. And the reason he challenged me was because I had this really nervous laughter in, in all of my, my sales calls. <laughs> so, um, from that one <laughs> and, and, and I'm better, I'm not perfect, but I'm better I'm not, um, from what he's telling me, but he challenged me. He's like, your nervous laughter is coming from, you know, something of that sort. So he challenged me to have a conversation with the person that I had the most strained relationship with and ask the questions I never asked to get the answers I've always wanted to, to get. Mm. And for me, it was that, that partner and, um, the question, and I couldn't even ask the question. I cried for like, like mm. she was, she was open and nice enough. Cause she has, she actually had been doing her own self-improvement too. And I'm so proud of her for it. Um, wow. which is surprising, but, um, like she agreed to talk and she knew what it was going to be about. And like, I couldn't even ask the question for like a good five minutes. Like I was just crying. Like, cause it was just this, this release of knowing I was about to do it. Like I, my question I had for her was like, did you know, like, could you see that what you were doing wasn't right? You know? And for her, it, the answer was kind of both the yes and no. It was like, no, as in, she wasn't trying to do it, but it was yes, because she knew that it was hurting me, but she just didn't okay. really know how to stop because the tools, the, 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 the tools in her arsenal of how to cope with things, the tools that she had were those tools. You know, you can only work with what you have. Yeah. So the, those coping mechanisms she, she had learned from parent, um, th- those tendencies she had learned from a parent and, that's why they were so habitual for her, even though she didn't want to be hurting me. She didn't want to be abusing me. Um, but it, it was something that was more reactive than anything else. So yeah. that was a, the main, the main thing of the conversation there was the, the answer to the question I wanted, Ooh, I'm getting emotional was, um, <laughs> was, um, you know, did, did you know that you were hurting me? And that was, um, it was a very releasing conversation Mm. and um it it, and our dynamic has been different since then um we 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 get along a lot better there there isn't this tension anymore we actually haven't fought once since since that time um 
and and the things that I, the things that I do that annoy her that were reasons that we had fought since then, um, I, I got a little bit better on, but not good enough to to warrant her not getting pissed off at me. <laughs> but right. she hasn't. We haven't fought about it, and I think it's it's been that because I I opened the door for her too to ask ask me questions because we all have those questions that we never asked, but mm-hmm. we we need we need the answers. And yeah. not knowing the answers is is an area of pain. It's just I don't know. I'm I'm in the place where I'm like I don't know. I don't I don't think so. But you know, you never know. And mm-hmm. it is different for everybody. I think I've met people who have, you know, had that conversation, and then I've met people that go on and and it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty strong. It's stressing you out right now, just thinking about it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little Believe bit me, I, when, I'm, I'm, but I'm not there yet with myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't have that. Of, a certain level of inner power has to kind of be there. Like I could yeah. not have done that a year ago, two years ago, definitely not three years ago, because I was like, "No, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> I'm scared." <laughs> yeah, like no, thank you, not today. <laughs> no, but, but I mean if the opportunity were to present itself and I was ready. Yes, I would mm-hmm. take that chance. Um, but everyone's different. And, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I met you when I did, even though I wasn't there yet. And I appreciate you coming on here and sharing everything because it, it really, this one really resonates deep with me and you know, and we can get more into it and we can keep talking about it, but I really appreciate you helping me, uh, in ways that you don't even know you helped me. And that's a powerful thing is that there are people that have been in my life that were helping me unknowingly because you weren't personally reaching out to me. You were just being yourself. And, and I applaud you and appreciate you for just doing that, just being you and continuing. Yeah. So thank you. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where even though I was making those posts or just saying those things to really remind myself, it's like, if, if I can help one person, even if it's yeah. delayed, that doesn't matter. If I can help one person have one less bad day, then, then, it, then it's worth it to me. And I'm, I'm really happy that something that I said or, or, or some things that I spoke about um, helped you. I'm, I'm really happy about that. So I appreciate you yeah. for that too. Oh, well, thanks, Tyler. <laughs> now you got to move back to LA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> now, I love Colorado. You got to come check out Colorado. The nice. hiking here is so nice. You guys have like green grass? No. <laughs> you know, we don't have that out here, but. We, we actually, on average, have more sunny days, more blue sky sunny days than Los Angeles does. Wow. Oh, we're going to have to check that out once everything is clear and safe. But um, I don't know if you want to leave all your ats anything else that you're doing my ats are very simple on all social media it's <laughs> tyler t-y-l-e-r underscore muka m-u-c-a um if it's facebook just take out the underscore but if you look up tyler muka i'm the only one that exists in the world um <laughs> so wow. it's pretty easy to find me i'm not the only tiffany garcia but it's okay <laughs> but thank you tyler and thank you guys for listening i appreciate it And I will be back soon with another episode. God bless. All right. Take care.